thoughts and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, what's happening? Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us if you want to join the show, and we hope that you will. Don't forget you can catch us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, and also, we are streaming live on Facebook. If you missed any part of the show, download it from the podcast. You can catch all of the show then, and you can go out to our website right now and just listen, or you can download the app from the website. By the way, made a mistake. It ain't my fault. I'm going to let him own up to it here in just a moment. You know, let me let me turn up his mic so y'all can throw all the ire that you it. have at him. That's me. That's my bad. Uh, I'll I, take the fault I, for that. I made the promo, as I do every day before the show, based on what we're going to talk about and what potential guests that we may have but someone provided incorrect information. You know, in fact, he sent me like a text at 3 o'clock this morning, woke me up. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And it wasn't that late. That uh, Keith, Keith Humphreys was going to be on the show today. Uh, but apparently it's another day. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. At noon. Okay, at noon. My bad. Okay, so we'll have Chief Humphreys on tomorrow. And not on today. Then so. we'll have Chief Hubbard on on Friday, on Thursday. Okay, and Chief Hubbard is who? The fire chief. He'll okay. be on Thursday. So we've got Humphreys tomorrow, not today, and we have Chief Hubbard on Thursday. That's okay? So that's uh, that's the lineup for this week. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to talk to Keith, uh, Chief Humphreys uh, to see how the Little Rock Police Department is dealing with the, the coronavirus. And... Uh, uh, are they, well, I know they're not obligated. And I know a lot of people have been online fussing, and we'll get into this a little later, about uh, disclosing whether or not he has officers who have COVID-19. Well, to be totally honest, he can't disclose that. If y'all don't realize that. I know it may make sense, but under federal law, he can't disclose it. Okay. You, you are not allowed to disclose medical information about someone else. Even if that's your employee, it's called HIPAA laws. Okay? I know we're get, we get used to it in athletics. Oh, well, he's got a bad knee. Theoretically, that kid could go to that coach and say, don't disclose my injury. Because your medical condition is your private condition. And it is not for the uh, the perusal of the public. That's the HIPAA law. But we'll talk about that here in just a moment. And we got black facts coming up. The black fact today is going to be done by a white woman. And when I heard this, Roberto, 
You mean roll my, my uh, working on my Spanish? I thought about you. Uh oh. Uh, in a good way. That's not good. Okay. And this is a woman that is uh, from, and I meant to look up where specifically the city that she was from. Uh, let me just quickly see if I could do that. Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. And it it and even more so, it rings so much truer with the fact that she's being from Montgomery, Alabama. And it struck me hard. And it says what I've been saying is if America really wanted to educate black children, then they would have done that a long time ago. So here is a school board member. This is our black fact for today. Here's a white school board member talking about black children. I think you'll find it interesting. And where's my black facts open? Oh boy, I tell you what, let me let me do this real fast while I I gotta find that. It's been moved. But I found it interesting because, Robert, you talk about how we discount our black children so often. Mm -hmm. And this lady was making that point of how we discount black children. And I think it rings even harder when it comes from a white woman as it does this lady. And I tell you what, I don't know where my black facts open is. It's gone. I'll have to go out and find it. All right, so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and play it, and we'll have the close. Here we go. Let's get through the commercials here. But um, I found it interesting, and, I, and it rang home, and the two examples that she gave, I mean, we've talked a lot about when there's a murder in in the black community, they don't get counseling. Here we go. I wasn't gonna say anything tonight, but I am. Um, first of all, I'm very sad and angry that we're even having to talk about lobbyists. Because every single person that lives in Montgomery should be talking about this and talking about these kids. Now, I'm gonna say some things, and maybe I'll get fired from being on the board. I don't know. But I, I, I've gotta say my piece about this. I wasn't alive when the Civil Rights Movement started, but my people were, and they made decisions then, and that's why we're sitting in this situation now. Come on now. Now, let me just say this. I grew up in domestic violence, child abuse, alcohol, and everything. I'm not going to talk about me, but school was my safe place. And when I was in seventh grade, I made a commitment to God and to Christ that everything in me, I was going to commit to this city to help a child if it was in my power to do so. Unfortunately, the same people that look like me are the ones that are blocking this. They should be first in line to say we want to support you and we want to support the black children in this community because that's what we're talking about. And when I ran for school board, 
I want y'all to know as the first person that said that, that it's a race problem. I wasn't able to speak up in the 60s because I wasn't born and I was too young, but I'll be damned. I'm going to speak up for it now and it's going to make a lot of people mad. My day started this morning at 7.30 with a call from Montgomery Police. For those of you who don't know, I work at Child Protect. Because a six-year-old baby, kindergarten little girl, has been being raped over the last several months by a 51-year-old neighbor. That's how my day started. You know how it came out? Because her grades started dropping. And she was having behavior problems. But we didn't have the counselors in place, and we didn't have the teachers that knew how to respond to that except to make her go stand in the hall day after day. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She finally, because her mother wanted to know what was going on, so she told her. This had been going on for months. So she told her, and when she came to us today, she said, if I tell y'all, are you going to be mad? Am I going to be in trouble? Because we don't have the funding for that. Because... The black and brown children are not important to people that look like me. They're not important, but they're important to me. And then we got another call at 1 o'clock, 10-year-old boy fighting, grades are bad, fighting, grades are bad for a year because a 24-year-old cousin has been molesting him over a year. Now, that's two children, and I know that's a small percent of the 29,000, but let me tell you something. Our community and these children that we all ran, this is not about money. $100,000 or $500,000 we pay an attorney, and we pay these lobbyists because we have to, because people that look like me are not stepping up. It's not about money, and we all know that. And I'll tell you this, every fight that's in me, I'm fighting for those kids because there are 29,000 kids out there and the majority of them are black and brown and they live in poverty and they live in communities that are, they witness horrific things and traumatic events every single day. And school is their refuge and that is the only way that they're gonna get out of that and the only way that they're gonna better themselves. And it is up to us, and yes. it's up to you, and it's up to every single person that lives in Montgomery County. And shame on them if they're not supporting it. I hope every one of them is listening tonight, and that's fine. You don't wanna support me anymore, that's fine. I didn't run to be supported, I ran to help these children and everything in me. And I said I wasn't gonna say anything tonight, but I'm gonna tell you, the spirit is stronger than me. And I hope it's stronger than everybody in this community. So vote how you want to, but I'm voting for kids. And y'all see me on the street corner, and I'm going to have my thing out there. So here you go. Amen, lights. That was a white woman. Amen, church. Her name was Miss Jana Bailey from the Montgomery School Board, and apparently there's an issue going on with funding the schools in Montgomery, Alabama. And the majority of those people who attend those schools are black and brown children. Let me say that again. And that could probably be stated unequivocally for most urban school districts across the country. And what do we hear every day, every time there's a meeting? They, people are running interference 
to try to claim that they want to educate the children of a particular city when in fact it's all about them earning money. The same thing applies here in Little Rock. What I would advise you to do is that you copy that piece and send it to every school board member wherever you are because I am of the, of the belief now and have been that way for quite some time that white people don't want to educate black children. This is not too far away from slavery. They didn't want to educate you then. They don't want to educate you now. And the point that she made, those two sad stories about those two children who were being physically abused, that's two of 29,000 people, children in her district. How many more are being abused? How many more, as she said, go and deal with traumatic issues every day of their lives? And trauma could be simply as, I don't have anything to eat. My daddy is beating up my mama or her boyfriend or my mama is on crack. We have no support services in schools today to help these children. You know, when you send a, a person off to Iraq, I've got a very dear friend right now who is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's, it is taking everything in her being to live a normal life. She gets medication. She gets counseling. She gets support groups. But a black child growing up in the inner city who witnesses a murder, he or she gets nothing. And that's our black fact for today. Good point. Keep listening to Black Focus Radio for more <sighs> dynamic black facts. Our culture, our history, our people on joinairadio.com. And if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568. Man, that, that touched my heart. That was good. That was good. It did. That was good. Because there was a white woman realizing the errors of her ancestors and even realizing today as people try to run interference to try and educate children particularly black children, because if we don't educate them, then we will incarcerate them. Mm -hmm. or, or they'll be murdered. So the point is that every black person needs to understand that. Play it for your friends, I dare you. Start a watch party and say, hey, I need y'all to listen to this. What are we gonna do about it? We have got to stop believing that everybody has the good of our children at heart because I'm one of those people. I believe what Maya Angelou says. <laughs> when a man shows you who he is, believe him. This country has shown us who they are. We're seeing it play out 
every day right now with this corona this coronavirus thing we're seeing it play out what this country stands for and what it believes in as it relates to people and it doesn't give a damn about people and if it doesn't give a damn about white people you sure, you sure as hell know it doesn't give a damn about white, black people and brown people we have to do our own folks that's why it's important for us to start standing up and saying, when you see that black preacher holding that, holding that service on Sunday amid this pandemic, it is up to us to go at him and say, hey, brother, you wrong. Sister Evangelist, you are wrong. We have to stand up for our own. We have to believe in our own. We have to start doing for ourselves. No one can save us from us, for us, but us. And that includes this pandemic, folks. The ignorance that is being displayed across this city is amazing to me. Is amazing. Even now, Kroger's is saying we're going to limit the amount of people that can come in our stores. Finally, yeah. Finally. But people are getting it. Some. Some are getting it. Walmart has had, in, in Illinois, Walmart had two of their associates to die from COVID-19. Don't, I don't want to hear this stuff where people die from the flu all the time. When was the last time you heard a thousand people die from the flu in one day? That happened in New York yesterday. Hello? It's time for us to wake up. We got to save ourselves. We got to support one another. Because we're even seeing now that black people are not even being tested for this virus. Many people believe that they went ahead and held the election in Wisconsin today, which we're going to talk about later on, because the majority of the people in that area that was being infected were black people. So they're hoping that black people won't show up to the polls. Are y'all getting this? Let me get off my soapbox. You stepping down? I'm, I'm stepping down. Okay. That, that piece bothered me, man. It did. By the way, if you tune in for Chief uh, Humphreys, uh, he'll be, there, be here tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow okay? at noon. Tomorrow we'll apologize. at noon. That's my bad. Okay. Hats off to Allstate Insurance. They get it. Two insurance, Allstate and American Family Insurance, announced Monday they will give back about $800 million to their auto insurance customers because people are driving far less during the coronavirus crisis. Allstate said it would refund about 15% of premiums by uh, its customers in April and May, which comes to a total of $600 million. Given the unprecedented decline in driving, customers will receive a shelter-in-place payback, said Allstate CEO Tom Wilson. This is fair because less driving means less accidents. By the way, I just switched to Allstate two months ago. <laughs> So you're not going to get the $2 back. I'm not going to get $2. But they did send me an email, so I might be getting something. But the point is that hats off to them for doing that. Good for them. Uh, that's, 
that's that's good corporate policy right there. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. That's great corporate policy. Would like to see more of that. I really would. Couple of other things we're going to talk about today. Uh, just some quick headlines. Yesterday, apparently, at Bell Elementary School, there were several lap uh, iPads to be stolen. So apparently someone broke in the school and stole iPads. Now, <laughs> you know, there are a couple of things here. Many of you all know that I'm a former computer technician. So number one, why weren't those iPads secured? What were you securing exactly? Uh, you could, I mean, if, if, if those are closets, if they have closets like they used to have back in the day when I went to school, you put them in a the closet and you lock them. You ain't getting in them closets. They like dormitory closets. You know, you know what dormitory closets. You ain't getting in them closets, right? Yeah. Tell you a quick story. Okay, tell you a quick story. You got to. <laughs> I got to because I know you ain't getting in them closets. You're not even getting them doorknobs off, okay? Y'all said doorknobs, okay. Yeah, was well, I would say doorknobs. Yeah, we didn't have doorknobs, just a lock. Yeah, we had doorknobs and a lock. Okay. You're not getting those doorknobs off. Okay. All right? So one, one year doing three-a-days, um, we, we had went to the line. Okay. Get some liquor. You know what going to the line is, right? Go to the line to get some liquor. That's it. So three a days were just about over. It was the Friday before school was going to start that Tuesday. Okay. And some people went home. Most stayed on campus. Me and my crew, a lot of us stayed on campus. So I had a I had a roommate who was about to leave school, so he had went home to Texas. Okay. Edward Dinwiddie, good friend of mine. Edward Dinwiddie had a pair of handcuffs. Okay. And he would always tell me during three a days, Dave, don't don't mess around and get locked up with those handcuffs. The key is in Texas. He was from Denton, Texas. Okay. So the key is in Texas. I said, well, hey, you ain't got to worry about me playing with it. So prior to him leaving, he had went and hooked one of the rings on the closet doorknob. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> no big deal. So that Friday night, we had a little soiree in my room. Since, you know, my roommate was gone, I had a refrigerator, I had a closet full of food. You know, I said, I'll do the food, y'all bring the liquor. Right. All right. So we had, a, it was about 10 people in the room, men and women. Okay. And we were playing spades and chess. We played a lot of chess back then, played dominoes. Okay. Uh, those were the three games that we played a lot of. So I was playing a hand of spades. And you know how the 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 when you're you're cycling the the handcuffs just give gives you that click. Right. And I kept hearing click 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 click. And I looked over at my friend, my very dear friend, and I said, "Hey, don't be playing with them handcuffs. There's no key. Okay, key is in Texas." Start playing again. Next thing I know, I heard someone say, stick your hand out. Click, 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 click. No. And I looked, and this young lady had been handcuffed to my closet door. Okay? Uh, 
the girl I was dating at the time was also in the room, and she looked at me. Well, the guys in the room looked like with this smile on their face. My girlfriend looked at me and said, your ass ain't staying in this room tonight. Nope, not gonna happen. <laughs> and I wasn't staying anyway because I knew you knew what was uh-uh, up. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't losing my scholarship. You knew what was up, right? Right. So, needless to say, I went and stayed in her room that night. Okay. This young lady, when I came back the next morning, was still handcuffed to my door. Okay. Who stayed with her over the night? Let me just say. She developed the name Wonder Woman on campus after it was all over. You get that, right? Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. And by the way, we never got that handcuff off my closet door. We tried, we tried taking the lock out of the door, all kinds of things. It just wasn't happening, okay? They ultimately had to get a blowtorch and blowtorch the chain to get it off and she walked around campus for a week with the other handcuff on her wrist crazy okay now funny story college story but i say all that to say that them doors ain't opening you get what i'm saying so the door the schools that i went to them doors don't open dude they ain't coming off they ain't coming off so if you lock up that stuff they ain't breaking in those doors, <laughs> or if they do, they gonna have to go through something to break in them. Maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't use that. Maybe they put it in a secure room and the room was broken into. Even still, those room doors. So Think what, about what school did they break? They broke at Bell Elementary. I went to Bell. Where's Bell at? Uh, out where Southwest is, off of Thirty Second and Bryant. Oh, right in front of Southwest. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I went to Bell. It's kind of secluded. That gives them enough time to do what they gotta do. It may be. Kind of location. I'm just saying it may time. be, but I'm just saying the way those doors are, unless they've right. changed. Now I went to Bell a decades ago. But they probably upgraded since then, so they probably don't have those doors anymore. But true, it is possible. I mean, these guys had plenty of time to break in because Bell is kind of secluded. Okay, it sits back off the street. Right. Well, actually, it doesn't. If you go up 32nd, it's right there. Southwest actually sits back Southwest off the street. Sits back. Yeah, the but, still but secluded, South, Southwest no is closed happened. now. Yeah, they Southwest do they do have also. kids still at Bell, from what I understand. Yeah, I think Bell's still open. But Southwest is closed. That's why I went to middle school, sixth and seventh grade. So I'm familiar with it. But it's really easy for them to really easy for them to break in something right now, especially especially in that area because you don't have a you don't have a lot of people milling about now. Like 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 the uh, like police have been saying, it's easier now for people to break into things because people aren't milling. Quite possibly, and most people are at home watching TV. Nobody's mm-hmm. looking at the door because everybody assumes that everybody else is in the house. So I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll buy all of that. Okay. Okay. But I'm gonna pull my trump card on you right now on okay. this issue. I'm ready. You got an iPad on there, right? Okay. What happens if you lose your iPad? I just go on my phone and find it. You do what? I go on my phone and find it. You do what? Yeah. So you have an app on that iPad that says what? It's called Find My iPad. So how many iPads, how many How many Chromebooks or whatever did they steal? They told stole iPads. They didn't give the number of how many they stole. They stole iPads. They didn't give right. the number. But, okay. But that only, works on, that only works on one device, though. So it's not like you can you put it on. You're, you're missing my point. What's the point? They should have had it at least on one. I'm I'm sure it, it's on every iPad. It comes with it. 
it's 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 factory installed software. Okay. Okay. When it, you didn't have to download it on your iPad, did you? Uh, no. no, you didn't. I know because I've got an iPad. I had never had an you iPad. Got, you got like a what? A, I've got an iPad. You got an iPad? Yeah. Uh, it was a gift. Mr. Chromebook. Yeah. Mr. Goop. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Android Man. Exactly. You, got a, you, got you a, know. You got an iPad. I, I know. know, but you know what? Yeah. I, it has Find My iPad yeah. on this. It was built into the system. Right. Does it connect with your phone? Does it it Android? doesn't connect with my phone, so but you upgrade to Apple iPhone. Uh, that's not happening. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, cool. But it doesn't connect with my phone, but I can still go out to the website and type in the name of my iPad, and it will find my iPad anywhere in the country. So you're saying that they should have had you saying they should have had software on all these machines. So they it, could, it's so not they, they could, should have. So they could be able they to did. Them. They did. It's not that they should so have. They do have the. They do it, have the. It comes factory installed. So you're saying that the school's not tech, technology. Advanced. I'm. I'm saying that the IT person who was managing that school should be fired. Nah, Dave, yes. Tough. Yes. That's tough. It's tough. He wasn't doing his job. That simple little app, if it's enabled, you steal my iPad. So, hold on, Dave. So this does. This is the thing. So are those, see, this is what this is why I say I don't think we have enough information, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so here we go. So if these iPads just came just because of the coronavirus, they just started using these iPads. I'm sure they got additional iPads, right? Well, it depends on how big their IT department, and more than likely, knowing the school districts, kind of like the kind of like the uh, any any other municipality, mm -hmm. your IT department is very small, mm -hmm. and by small I mean probably three, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you got three people, and if you got 42 schools. And you got twenty five thousand students, mm -hmm. and you're trying to get tablets to twenty five thousand students, mm -hmm. or let's say you're not trying to get them to twenty five. Let's say you're trying to get them to twenty thousand students. Okay. More than likely, you didn't have enough to sat to to take care of all the students, right? Mm -hmm. So that meant you had to get additional tablets. Well, if you had to get additional tablets, if you only have three three people who can three people in your IT department, there's no earthly way that they can do all their due diligence and get those iPads out. So more than likely, just because we're in the coronavirus, mm. they were just trying to get them out as quickly as possible. We, if we assume that they just started it, pro I'm pretty sure that they probably had these iPads before the school. Well, I'm sure started. that I'm sure they didn't have twenty. I'm sure they didn't have twenty thousand. Okay, here's my point. Okay, and that that you know I, I I marvel at some of the illogical stuff you come up with. How is it illogical? It's the most logical thing you've ever heard, probably. But you're talking to a technician. Still, doesn't matter. Let me. Oh, yes, it does. Tell because me how. Let me. They're part of their a IT professional's job is security. Okay. Of hardware and software. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll agree. That's part of their job. Okay. Okay. So as far as software is concerned, that means you install the the proper virus protections, the backup systems in case the system crashes, all of that stuff. That's okay. your job. Okay. Okay. The other part is to secure your hardware. You secure it, number one, by, for instance, my laptop I bought from Dell, mm -hmm. if I flip it over, there's a little thing called a service tag on it. Right. It's unique to my system. Right. All right. Okay. So if someone stole my laptop and they tried to call Dell, the first thing they're going to say, sir, I need you to verify the information on this laptop. Mm -hmm. What's your name? If they say, well, my name is uh, Bucky Johnson. Well, sir, that's not the name on this laptop. Mm -hmm. They'll give you two other chances to verify it. Mm -hmm. 
If you cannot verify it, you will not get service on this laptop. Understood. Okay? Understood. That's called security. Understood. All right? That's securing your clients. iPad did something similar because at one point, if you notice, you rarely hear about iPhones being stolen anymore. Mm-hmm. Remember at one point, you put, your, you put your iPhone down, it was like it, it, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now people don't steal your iPhones because of that feature called Find My iPhone, and in this case, Find My iPad. Right. That technician who set up these, these iPads, it's just a matter of clicking a button and typing in a name. Okay. That's irresponsible for you to send that out. And then number two, you got to put virus software on it. You got to make sure you got to you. Uh, a okay. lot of companies will put the image of their company on it. Okay. So the image that comes with the device, okay. that image is moved, let's, and and the company puts that on there. That's the IT's department's job. How long? Okay. Let's, okay. Let me let's be logical here. So how long would you how long would you think it take to do that, Dave? It well, uh, if it would take simply because all no, of no no no, just tell me. I'm, I'm getting ready to tell what, you. Ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, an hour. Just typically, that's all you gotta tell me. typically, that's what? All you gotta tell let me. me explain to you how I'm the process make, works. I don't need to know how the process. It works, is Dave. because you need to understand. No, I don't. I just need to know how long it takes to make it happen. Okay. How long does it? Take? I would argue that it probably takes thirty minutes per. Okay. System. Per system. And now, hold on, Dave. Hold, no, 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 you no, need no. to understand. No, it's you not. Don't. It's not that he's sitting there doing it manually. No, Robert. Okay, That's Dave. not how hold it on, happens. On, you know what they do? No. They 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 no, plug it to the server. No, they attach it to the server. Okay. The server has all it, it. The it server has all the information okay. that they need to put on that device. And then that server is that information. That image is downloaded to the device. Geek Squad, pull up. Okay. Listen, Geek Squad, this is my point to you. Well. This is my point to you. <laughs> hey, it's logical. In these times, man, things are happening. Things are happening. They're crazy. And the one thing that people often do is people make these assumptions that everybody operates the same way they do, and unfortunately, they don't. So them them taking those products, I, I understand those things being stolen and them not being able to track them. I understand that. I mean, we're in crazy times, and, th- and we're doing things that we haven't always done. So to some degree, I get that. Well, we don't know if they're very able to track. I'm hoping that because it's a simple device, I mean simple application. You know, you, you plug it in. I, I don't even have to have an iPhone to track it on my, on my uh, Android. I just download the app, and then I can plug it in, and it tells me wherever my iPad is, right. even if it's, if it's in the house, if it's in another state. If it's in another country, soon as they turn that iPad on, boom, it sends me a signal. Okay. That's how it works. So, and here's the other reason why you should have been being, being cautious. Who are you using those iPads for? Who's using them? Sixth graders, right? Well, I think everybody's using those iPads. Well, I, I'm saying that the majority, right, the teachers are using them. But here's the one thing that, that, that IT people are concerned about. As well, loss. And what I mean by that, people coming in and taking product and or stealing product. Right. So you put you put things in your product that if it gets stolen, you can re- re- you can recover it. This is not this is what I'm trying to get you to understand, Robin. It's not that complicated. It's just a little click of a button. No, I'm not saying it's complicated, but I'm just saying in these times, man, things are really crazy. 
And I think to some degree we got to give people a little leniency because things are really crazy. So let me ask you something. Sure. All right. Let's say those same IT people is over your network and your network gets hacked and with ransom with a ransom uh, demand. Should you give them leniency? It is what it is, man. Hell no, you shouldn't. Be, and, and not only that, let's say your whole network gets infected with a virus and your virus software has ex- expired. Your IT people haven't upgraded. Should you give them leniency? Without no, you doubt. shouldn't. Without a doubt. No, you shouldn't. That's their job. That's what I'm saying. Hey man, this is their even, job. Even people, there are things that happen that are, that are often beyond the control, and you, there's nothing you can do about it, honestly. Yeah, it's beyond the control that if they were stolen, but if you didn't, you didn't enable that that app to trace them. That's your drive. That's part of your job, dude. When look, most people don't know IT. So they expect that I that's why IT people get paid big bucks. If you're an IT manager, you making a hundred grand. If you not, then you getting you getting railroaded, bro. Because most people that deal with IT, they have no idea what they're doing. They just want to push buttons and make it work. You know, I remember when I was I was uh uh troubleshooting for people, people would call me and say stuff like my my uh cup holder is not working on my computer. Your what? My cup holder. Every time I push the button, it doesn't open. And I'd say, "Ma'am, that's not a cup holder. That's your CD-ROM drive." Oh, I didn't know. You get what I'm saying? It is not the job of the end user to do those things. It is the job of the IT person to make sure that everything is enabled and working in proper, proper condition. Otherwise, he's a poor IT manager. I'm just, I'm being real with you. And the reason I'm saying this is because I talked to a couple of other friends last night who were in the IT. You know what they said as well? His ass ought to be fired. He needs to be fired. If, in fact, that Find My iPad is not enabled. Now, we don't know. Because people typically those, don't steal iPads. Those iPads could have been new iPads that have not been hooked up. That, that I mean, don't I, work. It could be a ton. You know what? Tons of things. Those. Let me tell you something. Let me let me debunk that real fast. Before, anytime something new goes out to schools or to the end user, it goes through IT first. They just don't. They just don't bring a box of iPads and say, "Who you get an iPad? You get an iPad." No, that doesn't how it work. Because most of the time, they've got to put the protocols and the necessary passwords on that particular device to make sure that it will access the network. In that case, the school board's network, the, well, the Little Rock School District network. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be new iPads that they just got. That would have went through the board first. They would have prepped those iPads. And what I mean by prep, they would have put the images on there. They would have put the uh, the software on there, all the necessary protocols on there, and then they would have shipped them just, to just, those schools. Just totally geek up right now. You're really enjoying this, aren't you? Yeah, because I just think it's it's just a totally it's it's up. terrible. It's terrible that these were stolen. What was the value? It depends on the iPad. No, did they they didn't give a value. It doesn't it doesn't give a value. Oh, okay. It depends on the iPad. You know, it depends on how much RAM, how much no, no, storage. No, 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 I don't need all that. <laughs> I just I don't need all that. 
I'm, I'm, hey, you, you, I'm just trying to show my expertise. But let me put it this way. That iPad could have cost a minimum of $500. <laughs> okay. See if I try to impart my, my technical knowledge on your ass again. <laughs> Typical hood, brother. Man. Hey, hey, Essie, how you doing? Roger Scott, what's happening? But I'm just saying. He he needs to he needs to be fired. If in fact he doesn't have that app enabled, stop that man. Let me ask you something. Yeah, you lose your. Are you concerned about losing your iPad? You know what? You're not gonna even even if you. Here's the other thing. iPads can't be uh, are the most difficult things to hack. You've got to be a full fledged programmer to hack a an iPad. They're difficult to hack. So if there is. Uh, a pa- if they're password enabled, like my password is is password enabled plus it's fingerprint enabled. Okay, so that's why not many people will steal an iPad. I can steal a PC because at the end of the day, all I got to do with a PC, okay, let's say if it's password enabled, that's fine. All I got to do is take the hard drive out. And put a new one in. We've been talking about this for what two hours. I need to take a nap. Okay, I'm 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 I'm, I'm 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 sorry. I'm just trying to educate people. God, yo, you know you're trying to put us to sleep. You know God. what? When I can't Gee, sleep, thanks, I'm right. gonna go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and find this record and play it. Okay. So when Funny. I can't fall asleep, because this right here, Funny. I just drank three cups of coffee and I'm still sleepy after that. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, you got jokes today, huh? My bad, dog. My bad. No, no. You know, you know what? No, seriously. Thank you very saying. much for that. You know. I've learned a lot. Okay. I've learned a lot. Ooh, let's see. Here's an update. Let's see. Forcibly entered a classroom to steal approximately what? Fifty-four iPads. Man, they're gonna make they're gonna make a little change on this. With keyboards. Five walkie-talkies. The total value of theft is worth approximately twenty thousand dollars. So they finna make ten grand. They finna come up. They're probably gonna have eight grand in about a couple of hours. So y'all, y'all know it's some, it's some laptops, some iPads in the hood. Y'all need to get y'all scratched together. Look, don't listen to him. Don't buy them damn lap, uh, iPads. You will be in jail. Well, maybe he just do, maybe what he's doing is he just uh, redirecting them. He's helping. He's so helping the people who really what this them. says okay. is maybe they did have them in one area, mm-hmm. okay? And they and they had to know these these look fifty four. So it's a school employee. They had to know they were in there. It is hard times for teachers right now. It's hard time for person for essential. They had to know they were in there. Think about it. It's a hard time. Fifty four. Look, if you're just a regular burglar, you're not gonna run in there and steal fifty four iPads. That's a heavy tote. Okay. But you got enough time to come back. You can load them up in the car and come back and get all of them. Maybe so. One at a time. But but if you a burglar, a burglar, they say burglaries are typically two minutes, mm-hmm. okay? They had to know, how do they know that they didn't have security cameras in that school? Because in the black neighborhood. Maybe so. So they had to know they didn't have security cameras in that school or they weren't working or they weren't on and they had to know where these iPads were. This was, this was an inside job. I'm putting on my Colombo hat now. I'm just saying, man, this seems peculiar. Yeah. And if they don't come up, 
then I would argue that there is certainly an inside job because that means, are you telling me that 54 laptops, they didn't enable find my laptop, I mean, find my iPad on any of them? Why would they? I just I, Do we need to go back over that again? No, Dave, let's move on because I'm, I'm, I'm almost woke again. <laughs> I don't want to go back to sleep. I don't want you to put me back to sleep. All right, so we have did the Allstate. We have did uh, the school board member. We have did um, – we're going to get the coach. I mean, uh, not coach, but uh, Mayor Frank Scott um, segment or his response to the idi- idiocy that took place this weekend, uh, of course, uh, because I, <laughs> I just really don't know what to say about that. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But remember the Tampa pastor who uh, said that they, he was going to late last week they had him on MSNBC, and he was talking about how he had 20. I got 27 buses, and we fan out at least in a 50 mile radius, and we're gonna have service this Sunday. It's Palm Sunday, and we're gonna we're gonna praise the Lord. Well, they didn't have service Sunday. What they have? I guess they had service in place because the church insurance company. Pull their insurance. Yeah, so y'all do that, y'all crazy. <laughs> because you know what the church is saying? What's that? Because it's what I've been saying all along about these, these with even Kroger, Walmart, the first time someone co- contracts that virus. Well, he said God was going to protect them. So maybe the insurance company didn't believe that God was going to protect them. <laughs> So you mean but maybe they believed in somebody, believe somebody. They believed in another God. It was called green. <laughs> It's called liability. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. So the insurance company, and, and, you know, it brings to question even some of the churches that are having these services around this area. Do you have insurance? <clears throat> what churches are having service? I don't think anybody's having service. Well, now. there have been a few. Okay. Do you have insurance? Because if I'm the insurance company, that's a liability. Someone contracts that virus during service, then guess what? The church, I've been saying the church is on the dole for that. Mm-hmm. Walmart, those two people that contracted the virus in Illinois from Walmart, they're on the dole for that. There's no way you can say they didn't contract it there. Right. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. That, that, that bus driver who just died in Detroit. The city of Detroit is on the dole for his death. Yeah. I don't, I mean, no, no, I'm in agreement with you, my friend. My point here is... There are some things that just don't make sense. This is one of them. Well, but I think it's I think it I think it's uh, I think we have to I think we have to make the point that the insurance companies do not believe in God's healing power. Here's his attorney. <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, he got his attorney from Donald Trump's crop. Check this out. On Monday, the sheriff held this circus of a press conference and frankly lied to the American people and around the world, defamed this pastor, put him at risk, painted a target on his back and the back of the church, ultimately resulting in death threats, even the cancellation of insurance by the insurance carrier. This has to stop. What was that? What was that thing that they used to say on Saturday Night Live back when not ready for the primetime players with Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin and John Belushi when they do the news? 
Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> Are you saying that about this lady? You can't say no, that. No, I'm saying this about this pastor and this attorney. You can't say that about them, Dave. I just did. That's misogynist. Please apologize to our listeners. Well, men can be sluts. That's misogynist to assume that only women are. See what you just did? No, I didn't assume. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> Party day. Dave, whoever you call a slut, that is just not, okay. that's not acceptable. I'm sorry. But I don't want to start getting text messages. I'm sorry. We're not talking bad about you. Um, but I ain't worried about them talking about me. You don't want to get all sensitive when they talk about you. I don't really care. There you go. <laughs> but I just thought it was comical what the, <clears throat> what the attorney said. He's more concerned about the preacher than saving lives. So um, it, it's, it's really interesting how, the, how everything is just going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, also, Illinois mayor sends police to break up parties. Guess what he what they found there? What Corona test? No. What? His wife. <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> I'm done. Oh man, when I read this, it was hilarious. Uh, the mayor of a small city in Illinois warned citizens that he had ordered police to break up parties and. Uh, issue citations to enforce the state stay-at-home orders uh, that are meant to slow the coronavirus par- uh, pandemic. But when the officers did so, uh, so they found his wife at one of the gatherings. There you go. Mm. And what was this at? This was in Alton, Illinois. Mm. I hope that's all they found your wife doing. Ah, David, please. <laughs> Who was she with? How many shots of tequila had she had? Jeez, man. Was her makeup running? <laughs> you are one insensitive brother. Hey, come on, man. He got to feel bad, man. He, he trying to save wow. the city. So is his and wife. Then, yeah, well, apparently so. I'm going to get my party on, honey. So you, the, you the mayor. I'm just the wife. So is his wife, man. She's trying to make it do what it do. Man, that is just crazy, man. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I mentioned the two employees at Walmart store near Chicago have, oh, let me excuse, excuse me, have died from corona, COVID-19. Mayor Jim Sexton said Friday that he inquired about the deaths of Philip Thomas, 48, and Wando Evans, 51, several days after it was reported on social media that they both fell ill. So, no. They didn't. Uh, they not. They didn't get ill. They died. Y'all still out here playing though here in Little Rock. Y'all still out here having picnics, kicking back like a fat. Well, rat. you can have a picnic outside. Old school style. You can't be indoors. No, if you are within six feet of someone. You can't talk trash. You've been going out shopping, hanging I, out. I've been wearing my mask. And you know, uh, the fish got COVID too, right? Uh, I did read a story yesterday where a tiger in New York, in the New York, the Bronx Zoo, has yeah, exactly. has come down with uh, the coronavirus. I did read that story, so uh, I doubt a fish will have the coronavirus. But who am I? I'm not an epidemiologist. I'll leave that to Donald Trump. Thank you. You know, I'll leave it to the president. You know, because he knows everything. So I just thought that was interesting, man. That's it's kind of sad. So, 
Speaking of which, before we move on, I want to read this statement from the mayor because I think the mayor was a little bit ticked. And I think we as black people owe him a little more respect. And what, you know, and let me be honest, it wasn't just black folks. Now, the, 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 the things that I saw on Facebook, the reason I saw all them black folks was because it was black folks who was posting it, and some of my friends who are black were posting it. But what we didn't realize is that the damn parks were packed, too, with white folks mm -hmm. this week, uh, Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a friend who went to uh, Mamel Park, you know, the park where you get off on Cantrell and, and go down, down the hill. Yeah. Uh, she was out there. I don't know why she was out there, but she had her camera, and it was, it was packed to the brim. Yeah. It was bumper to bumper, and those were white folks. Yeah. Okay. So don't 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 be tripping now. You know when I posted the other day that for the first time I'm 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 ashamed of my city. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just because of the black folks on on Ash and Colonel Glenn. It was because of the white folks too. They basically said, "Kiss my ass. We gonna do what we want to do." That's dangerous, folks. That's dangerous. So the mayor apparently was upset about it, which he should be. Unfortunately, he doesn't have any power to do anything about it. Here's what he said. I'm deeply disturbed and disappointed at the actions that occurred in our city over the weekend. Let me make this plain and clear. COVID-19 is not a game. Unfortunately, we are seeing too many people treat this deadly virus as if it is. Gathering of 10 or more are prohibited when at least uh, six feet distance cannot be maintained. This is a directive from the governor. We saw enormous crowds yesterday of people gathering on Asher and Colonel Glen Road and in parking lots. Our parking lots and trails are also experiencing increased groups of people. Please do not gather in groups of 10 or more. The next two weeks will be critical to continuing to slow the spread of COVID-19. Little Rock has and will continue to lead by example and do everything within our power to protect the lives of its residents, healthcare workers, and first responders. We are doing all we can to be creative and respect the state's commerce restriction in the governor's state of emergency order, which prohibits local governments from creating shelter-in-place orders. By the way, that's what I asked him on Friday. Glad he put that in there. Therefore, we will ramp up our current efforts to ensure the health and safety of our residents. If you are loitering in grounds of 10 or more, you will be fined to the maximum extent of the law. In addition, I am issuing an executive order to prohibit caravanning also to carry a maximum fine applied allowed by law. Let me reiterate that this is a deadly virus. Not only are you potentially exposing yourself to harm, you are exposing your loved ones as well. And that's the statement that came out yesterday from the mayor. And I wholeheartedly concur. Start hitting them in the pocketbook. That's, the only, that's sometimes the only thing you understand. And, man, did you see that parking lot? Have you seen pictures of the parking lot where they were doing all those donuts? If that's my parking lot, which that's where the Mosaic Church is. They said it's going to be, they did $40,000 worth of damage. Now, I don't know that to be true. How much? $40,000. That's what the chief told me yesterday. Yeah, it was significant. The damage was yeah, significant. Yeah, 40000 But, you know, 
I've been on that parking lot before last Saturday, going to the Waffle House, going to, you know, I've been over to Mosaic Church. That parking lot is pretty beat up. You see what I'm saying? I do. So, forty thousand. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's holes and potholes, all kinds of crap on that parking lot. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a veritable uh, uh, obstacle course as it comes to potholes on that parking lot. It is. I'm, I'm being honest. But anyway, forty thousand dollars, and it's going to be interesting to talk to the chief, the chief tomorrow, to see. Because from what I understand, there were police on the scene, and the police were, were pretty cool. They could have really went off on them. But they only issued, of all those people, have you seen any of the videos? I saw one. Of, all, one. of all of the people that were there, they only issued five citations. Okay, that's pretty good. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty good. And one guy got a citation because he decided to do a donut in front of the police. He deserved one. He deserved one. Yeah. That was just disrespect. So I think they were pretty restra- restrained the, uh, this weekend because, you know, I got a feeling they probably understand people got cabin, cabin fever, want to get out. But I think that as of this press, this press release, I think that's, that's over now. Yeah. That's over I would, now. I would agree. You know. And, again, I want to be clear that this just wasn't black folks. This no, is, I mean, everybody's know. got cabin fever. Yeah, <laughs> it mean, was. If you, man, I saw so many pictures of people in the park. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I have to. I have to be honest. I can't take it anymore. I'm. At, I'm at my wit's end. I, I need to get out. I need to have other human contact. I, I know, mean, yeah. and you know, and that's part of the reason I do this show. Because I want this oh, ain't helping, Dave. I don't like you that much. You don't. I need more than. Okay, this, I'm. A, I'm gonna take back what I was gonna say about <laughs> you. I'm gonna say something nice about you. No, you weren't. You know? <laughs> Good try, though, bro. But you're yeah, right. You, you know, and what I've been telling. Well, we're humans, and we need that. We need that yeah. human interaction. So, but what I've been telling people is this: is number one, Facetime. It's not the same, Dad. I know. It's I not just the said same. human interaction. You can say Facetime, Robert. Well, human no, interaction is 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 interaction. But the other thing is, and I agree with you. You got to get out. See me; I'm an introvert. I know I do a radio show, and people think that. How do you do do radio for 35 years and you're an introvert? You'll find that a lot of people in this business are introverts. Exactly. So for me, it's not bothering me at all. I I mean, I love it. And, you know, while I lived in Nashville, I used to come home on a Friday evening after work, and I wouldn't leave my house until Monday morning. But I had everything I needed. I had food. I had the Internet. I had my PlayStation 3 at the time, you know. If I, you know, wanted a guest, like pick up the phone, you know, hey, baby, 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 ooh, baby, baby, you know. But I stayed in the house. I could stay in the house for four or five days. Right. You see? So it doesn't bother me. But there are people like yourself and many others who after a while you do begun, become to get stir, begin to get stir crazy. Yeah. And what I advise people to do, get in your car. Drive. No, drive Dave, around. They've done that. Again, I don't think I understand. Okay. I just want to go in the bar, sit down, just watch people mingle about. Uh huh. That's it, man. I mean, well, it, it gets to a point, Dave. You just wanna, you just wanna get out and be out, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything else. You just want to see people moving around. Well, I'm sorry, Robert, but 
I'm gonna make sure that the chief gets your license plate number tomorrow, so he can, so they can give you a citation. I don't really give a f- Robert. He could be listening. What? I don't. See if he's seeing his squad. Chief ain't listening today. He's busy. He's busy dealing with. He dealing. He did busy dealing with all the craziness from this weekend. He ain't got time to listen to the show. Well, he probably at home too. So but, I ain't going out there with you crazy. I'm, I'm still. I'm still going. I mean, man, I cannot take Ben in the house now. Am I going to go do something like they did this weekend? No. So what but, do you? Well, I tell you what. When we come back, I want to know. I did go to the park. I did go to the park. Oh, so yeah. you were in the park? Yeah, I was in the park. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, when we come back, what can you do to, to eliminate some of this this claustrophobia? Oh, God. There's nothing you can do but have people but move around. That's it, Dave. There's nothing else. Yeah, you can. No, Dave. Social I mean. Dave, you if you say a- social distance one more time, I'm going to choke this. I'm going to choke you. <laughs> All righty, then. I guess we need to go to break. We'll let Robert calm down when we come back. You're listening to Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices. And by the way, does Trump have any financial interest in Novartis, the maker of hydrochloro, what is it, Covine? Why you say that? I'm asking. Does he? I have no idea. Hydroxychloro. Hydroxychloroquine is what you, how you pronounce it. We'll find out. Is here he just not trying back. to make people better? Are you trying to say there's more to it, Dave? Uh, we'll find out when we come back. Let's take a break. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, Primo. Hey fans, are you looking for the best chicken wings in the city? Then look no further than Great American Wings, located at 3230 Colonel Glenn Road in Little Rock. Getting ready for the big game? It's Great American Wings. Getting ready for dinner for the family? It's Great American Wings. Lunch, dinner, or snacks? It's Great American Wings. No matter the size of your group or the flavor of your wings, Great American Wings got you covered. Call today at 501-406-7134 to place your order. Are you on a tight schedule and don't have time to stop by Great American wings don't fret call us up and we'll deliver your favorite flavors right to your front door that's why we are called great american wings because we aim to please don't miss out on the best wings in the city it's great american wings located at 3230 Colonel glenn road right here in little rock open daily from 10 a.m to 9 p.m great american wings is guaranteed to offer you something that'll tickle your taste buds you've tried the rest now try the best it's great american wings Hi, I'm Raven M. Hunter, the author of You Are Not Your Circumstances. I want to invite you to the fourth annual You Are Not Your Circumstances conference on July the 17th through 18th. The theme is My Testimony. Located at Curtis A. Green Community Life Center, 1026 Ray Road, Jacksonville, Arkansas. The cost is $50. Learn how to master your setbacks and thrive after a devastating situation. Learn how to shift from financial distress to a healthy way of living and learn 
how to break free from a toxic relationship. For more information, you can call 501-744-7491 or you can email inspiringandempoweringlives at gmail.com. Don't forget to join me on July the 17th through 18th at Curtis A. Green featuring me, Raven M. Hunter. Call 501-744-7491 or you can email inspiringandempoweringlives at gmail.com. I'll see you there. You got it. England and East Little Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. Now. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show. <laughs> so Robert is going stir crazy because he's having to shelter in place. Y'all better get used to this. You know, they're saying that the virus is, is cyclical. It ain't like it's going to disappear. And if you think it is, let me ask you this. Do people get the flu every year? Because the flu is what? A virus. You don't kill viruses. Okay? The polio vaccine is a vi- the pol- polio is a virus. You can't kill it. That's why you had to make a vaccine. All right? So y'all better get used to this sheltering in place. You know, I saw a meme yesterday, Robert, where it had a big old sign looked like a courthouse and it had divorce and there were people lined up around the building. It says, and then the caption said, as soon as the coronavirus pandemic is over. <laughs> because there are a lot of people who are realizing they don't like their spouses all of a sudden. You can deal with them because they're going to work. You're going to get some free time away from them. But when you got to be with them 24-7, in some cases, that's a problem for a lot of people. So what are you doing, Robert, to heal thyself? To heal thyself? Ain't nothing wrong with me. What am I trying to heal? Well, your mental capacity seems to be lacking since you can't follow directions of the mayor. With all due respect to our illustrious mayor, I can't stay in the house no more. I got to move around. I just got to. So I've been going to hang out with my uncles. I, just whatever I can do to get out the house. I cannot stay in the house anymore. Are you all practicing social distancing? Always. You're lying. Every day, all day. And by the way, you blunt smokers, I bet you better stop passing the blunts. And me and my uncles don't pass the blunt. I did say y'all were. We roll up individual blunts and smoke them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Seems for a better party anyway. 
I always love those parties where you went to where you had your own. But I'm just serious. All you blunt smokers that's passing weed around, y'all need to rethink that. Not passing no weed around. Robert was just joking, folks, okay? Yeah, because I don't want people texting me. He was just joking. But I, I understand what you're saying. It's not easy for me, and I love those memes that people, I, I saw another meme yesterday where this, they had introverts and extroverts. And on one side, the extrovert was banging on the window, pulling on the window. It was a, it was a, it was a gif, uh, so it was animated, trying to get out the house. And the introvert was sitting over there calmly typing on his computer. It's not easy for a lot of people, all right? So what can people do? I think, I think if what can people do, I mean, certainly you can go out on the porch, <clears throat> but if you're one of those people that require interaction, you're going to be in trouble. I remember, and speaking of that, I remember when my kids was raised, being raised, I didn't get a chance to see any adult movies. If I got a chance to see an adult movie where I actually went, you know, took them to the movies, that was rare. Because I didn't date during the time my kids were growing up. Oh, what a wonderful dad. So I got to see every damn kids movie that has ever been made. Pokemon, Lion King, uh, what? My daughter's, her thing was Who Framed Roger Rabbit and got to the point where I could almost recite, uh, let's see, what else, Beast Wars, uh, <laughs> the X-Men. Uh, I could recite some of the dialogue verbatim. It was just that bad. And so it makes you wonder, you parents who have kids, what are y'all doing? Because I know some of y'all are badass kids. I know, I know it's driving y'all crazy. How so? Because they bad. You make the assumption that all black that all all kids are bad. Look, and kids aren't bad. Kids are just kids. Kids do what kids do. Unfortunately, we're just too old to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. Mine are grown, so I can call them bad. Just saying, kids aren't bad, and we should stop doing uh, that. Well, let me ask you something. Just like, just like a. Black, black radio hosts from from who live in Little Rock and trans, who are now transplants from Memphis are bad. Nashville are terrible. Nashville, whatever. Still, same I'm glad thing. I'm not from Memphis. Still okay. same thing. I don't care if you're trying to throw shade on me. I would never throw shade. I love Some you. of them little bad kids, you know, they bad. I love you, black man. I you know, it's like so. So you didn't see the video of the sister on on uh on Facebook. No. Okay. So I'm gonna try to describe it to you. I wish I could find it. In fact, I do have it posted, but the language is, is bad. Oh, okay. All right. She, she went out to her car, and she's talking to you with, and smoking a joint. Okay? And she's saying, Trump, she's calling Donald Trump. She's calling him Trump, Trunk. Trunk, you need to come get these kids. Now, I don't know what's going on with this school, but I got bad nerves. <laughs> I got bad nerves. The weed man, he don't went up on the prices. Now, hey, don't get mad at me because I got a license to smoke. But the weed man done went on his prices, and I got to get the government weed, and the government weed is bad, and these kids are driving me crazy. And she went on almost 10 minutes 
and it wasn't it wasn't planned. She was serious. She was hardcore, huh? She was serious. Them her kids was driving her crazy. Because most parents think about it be re- realistically. Most parents don't spend all day long with their kids, even in the summertime. Yeah, that is true. You see what I'm saying? You know, it's always fun when you hear people saying, we're going on the family vacation and everybody's we're driving. It's always a different dynamic when you're taking the kids on the family because it's fighting, it's fussing, but you get closer as a family. So my point in bringing that up is that a lot of parents don't spend that much time around their children. So now that they can't go to work, so they're having to shelter in place with those kids. And they have, some of them are having a tough time, man. So what do you do? Do you load your kids up and take them for a ride? I don't know. It's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what psychologists say about this because, as you said, Robert, a lot of people can't shelter in place for an extended period of time. Yeah. They just can't. I mean, I don't I don't really want to be around anybody, but I just don't want to be in the house. I want to see I want to be able to see people moving around. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's crazy is when you when you're driving downtown and it's nobody <laughs> yeah, there. It's nobody walking. It's that that's that's kind of surreal. That is weird, ain't it? It's, I felt like you, you ever seen the movie what's the movie with uh, Will Smith? Uh I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Have you ever it felt it felt a little like that, man. It was it was a little discomforting. Well, I tell you what really brought it home to me, and although this didn't happen in Little Rock, it happened in San Francisco. And they were showing pictures of coyotes walking the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. You get that right? So the coyotes have come down out of the mountains and they they've realized that hey, Ain't nobody around, so we're going to walk the streets. They've shown pictures of New York and Times Square. It, you know what? It, it also reminds me of War of the World. Remember the first one? Right. It's, it, it is surreal, to say the least. It, I mean, what do you do? And I think long term, we're going to have to figure that out because if this virus continues t- the way it's been going, then I don't know that. I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I said, when little Johnny starts asking for Uncle Bob, where's Uncle Bob? <laughs> he ain't over here. He always over here when Daddy ain't here. I'm just saying, it's going to be interesting. Hello, Miss Hunter. How are you doing? Thanks for joining the show. Now, part of the reason I'm bringing this up about people out here, particularly black people out here, just thumbing their nose at what people are saying you need to do. I want to read something to you. This happened, this is in Louisiana. African Americans represent just 32% of the population in Louisiana. But over 70% of the deaths You get that, right? Let me go on. Black people represent 29% of the population in Chicago. But over 70% of the deaths, now when I say that, as it relates to this coronavirus. In Michigan, black people represent just 14% of the population, but over 40% 
of the deaths. In Philadelphia, the same numbers hold true. 14% of the population, 40% of the deaths from the coronavirus. Now, so the thing I would, the thing I'd like to know is because sometimes we're not. I don't think we're getting all the information. So the the people who died were they tested before, right? Because that's important, Dave. If they weren't well, tested, well, here's the problem. Because I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Robert. Okay. Sometimes you will make a point here or there. <laughs> Black okay. people, that's the problem. Black people are not getting tested. Why are they not getting tested? Because most of the time they are on the poorest level. And what we've seen, and as a matter of fact, I believe Maxine Smith and somebody, not, not I mean Maxine Waters, I'm thinking about Maxine Smith, the executive secretary of the NAACP. But a couple of black women in Congress have asked for specific data, to your point, as how many black people are being tested. Because what we're finding and what... So are you trying to say there's discrimination in testing? There's a discrimination in medicine, period. We've talked about this. So you're saying there's a discrimination the, in medicine? If there's discrimination in medicine, do you not think there would be discrimination in testing? Because, number one, what they're finding, just preliminary findings that I've seen, is that rich people are being tested. People who have money are being tested. People who don't have money are not being tested. I'm thinking about the sister who uh, had symptoms. She went to the hospital. They told her that she'll be okay, told her to go home, and she ends up dying from the virus. Black people are not being tested the way white people are being tested. And then part of the problem is, is that not many people are being tested overall. So, again, my point to everybody is, why the hell don't you get your own black hospital? I'm just, I mean, there's no conversation for me on some of this stuff. Some of this stuff just makes no sense to me, and should, I won't even entertain Should we it. build it when? Tomorrow? Should have already built it, hell, mm-hmm. when, not waiting until tomorrow. But, again, my point is, they, they've, already, they've already identified people with pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. are... are uh, are more susceptible, mm-hmm. and they have a they have a harder time of recovering from the virus. Right. right. So that being the case, I mean everybody should be everybody black should be trying to get tested, especially if you have a pre existing condition. Not not me. Not you. What? I shouldn't. I shouldn't be tested. And why shouldn't you be tested? Because I don't have pre existing conditions. You've had surgeries recently, right? Uh, I've had bone surgeries yes yeah that weakens your immune system surgeries weaken well, your immune system so therefore david i gotta leave right now i can't spend any more time with you <laughs> no seriously but god that I mean, just hurt my feelings those these are the things i'm talking about i i don't i don't know if they're not giving people giving black people a test but i do know for a fact that there are certain things that they are looking for right there are certain indicators that they're looking for one of those indicators is do you have the symptoms or have you worked in a high-risk area and have you came in contact with someone who has the virus, right? So, yeah, those things those things are important. And if we don't tell them those things, then that would be concerning. But I would like – the thing for me is I would like a complete medical profile of the people who've passed away. First, I would like to know if they had insurance because that speaks to the hospital saying, okay, well, they don't have insurance. Let's turn them away. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'd also like to know if – they have been to the been to the hospital in the last two years. That's significant as well. I mean, there are a lot of key things that I'd like to know, and not just black people are being turned away and not being tested. I want to know 
a little bit more information. I want us to dig a little deeper. Okay, but right now black people aren't being tested and they're dying at alarming rates from the coronavirus. So do we know that it's because they're not being tested? Do we know that for a fact? Just based on the preliminary numbers, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Or are we just taking one case and making some generalizations? Okay, this says over 70%, that ain't one case, in Louisiana were black who has died from the virus. Across the country, when these numbers came out, remember we talked about this yesterday, Robert, and you start paying attention to the show. In Chicago, the number of deaths as it relates to black, they gave specific numbers. I think yesterday it was 118. The next closest were white people who were at like 35, somewhere in there. Somebody sent me a text and said, hospitals cannot turn patients away for lack of insurance. That's, That's a true. lie. They cannot turn them away, but they can say, well, you don't have the symptoms, we'll send you. No, home. yes, they can. Take it, take it from someone who worked in the emergency room at Baptist Hospital. Let me tell you something, folks. That is, they're not supposed to, but you know what they'll do? When I worked at Baptist, this was in Memphis, worked in the emergency room as a, as a clerk. In other words, it was my responsibility to take all the insurance information and sign people in, point them to, a, you know, put them on the roll so the doctor would know they're there. If you walked in Baptist and didn't have insurance, okay. they would prep you and send you around the corner to the med because the med was the state hospital. Baptist is a private hospital. Okay? So, yeah, they will turn you away without insurance. Don't, don't believe that lie. I'm just being real okay, with you. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for a reply. They will turn your way. Now, theoretically, they're not supposed to. It's called E-M-T-A-L. It's called E-M-T-A-L-A. I know what it's called. What does that mean? You know, it's, it's, it's the law. It's like, it's like the doctor who has the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. It's you're, you're obligated as a doctor to help. But I'm telling you that Baptist Hospital in Memphis, now Baptist Hospital is no longer there anymore. Well, it's in Memphis, but it's moved. But Baptist Hospital in Memphis during the time that I worked there would turn patients away all the time. If you walked in there and didn't have insurance, they treat you just to stabilize you, and then they would call an ambulance and ship you to the med in Memphis. That is not an exaggeration. So it's in, a, in, a, in a real world, that sounds wonderful, but let me take that back. In a polyannic world, that sounds wonderful, but in the real world, why do you think a lot of these people don't go to the doctor who don't have hospitals? I mean, don't have insurance. Why do you think they don't go to, uh, to, to, to these emergency rooms? Okay. Because they're not going to take care of you. It's called the Emergency Medical Treatment and mm -hmm. Activity Act. And you can report them if someone's turned yeah, away. Yeah, you can. Not, for not, uh, but what good is that going to do? In mean. fact, Baptist got in trouble, if I remember correctly, about a woman who showed up, they didn't treat her. The woman ends up dying before she could get to the med. This happens every day. So these hospitals, look, these particularly these private hospitals, they are for profit. You don't have any insurance, they ain't making no profit. You go into the state hospital. So in Little Rock, the state hospital is UAMS. The city hospital. You run your butt over to Baptist and don't have insurance. See how quickly they ship you off. I promise you they will.
What year was that? Did that happen? Um, uh, gosh, this was this was a while back when I worked in the hospitals. This was a long time ago. Um, but back I mean, sixties. You got jokes? So what? You got jokes? So what? what are you talking about? You got jokes? What are you talking about? That was a question. Right. Why you get? Why you doing that, man? Right. I'm trying That's to ask right. questions and you getting offended. I think. Uh, let's see. This was back in the '90s when I worked at Baptist. This is when I had just moved to Memphis. So just know, y'all. Y'all can always go to the. Uh, if you got problems with the hospital, you can go to the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act. I guess is well. This is so. This is not a. This is not a. Uh, this is an act, not an organization. I'm sorry. It's a law. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be a a, yeah. a law, but they very seldom abide by it. Take your but. Do you know why people go to uh, UAMS and and Baptist? No. Now, when I first when I moved away, people very seldom went to St. Vincent's. That was a place you go to die. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but St. Vincent's is a private hospital. It's a hospice. Okay. Hospice. Stop it. It's a so, but the point is that private hospitals, they ain't gonna treat you, dude. They gonna they gonna stabilize you and then they gonna they will send you to UAMS. I'm telling you. I, I, I I've seen it. I've saw I look when Memphis was getting a lot of gunshot wounds, if you remember the the uh, the uh the coroner uh in Memphis put together a program called War on the Bluff. Right. And that program in a very, um, God, I can't think of Carol's last name. I want to say Carol Hendricks, who was the director of nursing. Um, she helped assist with that program. But it was from, it was out of the med. Okay. Right. It was not out of Baptist because all major trauma gunshot wounds and i want to say the med at one point and it may not be that way now but the med in memphis at one point was the number three trauma hospital in america and that meant they were receiving gunshot wounds from um from more than any other people in the country they were the number three hospital so everything like if we got a gunshot wound it went to the med I remember when I first saw my first AIDS patient where it had taken over her. Mm-hmm. I was scared to death. Well, I was really I was I really was critical of UAMS. I always said that UAMS is the hospital that people black folks go to die. Mm-hmm. Till I realized that um UAMS is the number one trauma center in the, is the number one trauma center in the state. Yep. And so, whenever, most state hospitals are. Whenever somebody gets a gunshot wound, they you always hear they died at UMS, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Ain't no way in the hell I'd ever go to UMS." Mm-hmm. But what I later, what I was later taught was, is that UMS is leading the way in trauma. So, right. a lot of cats who who are shot and go to UMS, some of them who shouldn't make it do make it, mm-hmm. and then, of course there are some that don't make it. Right. But, but they're really they're they're the number one. Um, they're the number one trauma hospital in the state. And UMS is number one in a lot of ways, and it's a state-funded hospital. Like I said yesterday, this takes us back to the conversation we were having yesterday about people going back to work because, again, that's a state-funded hospital. Mm-hmm. So if people don't go back to work and people can't pay taxes, then guess what? You're going to lose that hospital. 
Well, the hospital's going to stay open. It ain't going to You think anywhere. so? You, you want to think uh, that. You uh, want to think that. Yeah. What are you making that assumption based well, on? It, well, it will have no choice but to stay How, open. How, Dave? Because, it, because, the, being because the doctors will adhere to their Hippocratic oath. What Hippocratic oath? If you ain't getting paid? How you gonna hypocrite that? Hippocratic oath. Come on, man. I'm just saying. But on, but man. but most state hospitals are are the trauma hospitals of that state. That's not a surprise. That's why I'm saying. That's why most people go to UAMS. Because they most people go over there. They don't have insurance. The state hospitals have to see you. Those private hospitals don't. Try it out. You got insurance or you don't. Go to Baptist and see how quickly they ship your ass out of there. I'm just saying. <laughs> and by the way, I think I mentioned this the other day. Why is it that the the uh, the valets don't have masks and gloves at Baptist or UAMS? Shouldn't they have masks and gloves? Who's that? The valets, you know, you can go what, now. What valet you been dealing with? Where you been going that you need the valet? I'm just saying, at UAMS and at Baptist, they now have valets. I did not know that the same company operates both at both hospitals. I didn't know that, and I don't know because I can afford valet. First off, well, they do that as a courtesy so for people who that. are who are you know too ill or stuff like that. They'll they'll park the car for you. Now, obviously, it's a cost. But I didn't know that the, the company that operates the valet system was a private company. And apparently, they don't believe that their valet should have masks. Why not? Good question. As a matter of fact, I know a young lady who is a valet at, she's at UMS, but uh, she was at Baptist last week. I said, what are you doing over here? She says, well, they ship us around. I said, well, I thought, I, I thought you worked for UMS. She said, no, this is a private company that subcontracts out this valet service to the hospitals. And I, you know, and I said, you've been wearing your mask? She said, yeah, I have one in my pocket. I said, what about your gloves? She said, I have gloves in my pocket. I said, do they furnish you all masks and gloves? She said, no. They don't even furnish them for us. You get that, right? Yeah, I'm there. And then she says, she says, I brought that up to my supervisor because this particular person is one of those people that don't hold her tongue. <laughs> She's kind of funny. I won't call her day. But she don't hold her tongue. She said, me and my supervisor went round and round about this last week. She said, and my supervisor told me that it looks unprofessional for you to have mask on. What? What? They roll up, you the valet, they got COVID-19, you jump in their car, you done touch the steering wheel, you done touch everything in their car, you done breathe the air that's in that car, and you don't have a mask and you can't wear gloves because it's unprofessional? Man, well, these people I mean, have lost their you, damn mind. What do you expect it, man? I mean, honestly, what do you expect it? What do you, what do you think they should do? I think they should be taking care of those valets. Come on, man. They're expendable. See, that's sad. Easily replaced. Why would you say that, Robert? That is just so. That think. is so corporate America that's what of you. They think. No, that's what they think. Guys, I can't believe you said that. That's what they think. What if that was one of your relatives? Would you say, "Oh, you're expendable"? No. My point is, Dave, they're Gosh. expendable, so they don't care about any of that. You're so insensitive. <laughs> 
They don't care about any of that, Dave. They think I'm that just to saying. them they're expendable. So that's, they're, not, that's, they're not concerned with their overall health. That's just kind of pathetic. I don't disagree, my friend. I don't disagree. All right. So a couple of other things. So, you know, your president has been pushing everybody to do this drug, right? Hydroxychloroquine. Uh Uh-huh. So I like when people do real journalism. So according to the organization Truth Out, let me just read something to you. Because the other day when they had the press conference, when the question was asked to uh, Dr. Fauci, he made an interesting point that the data for this drug is not even clear. But the president for the last week has been pushing hydroxychloroquine. And he even said the other day, but I'm not a doctor, but it looks promising. It really does. That's the president. So let me read a couple of graphs for you from this article. And this is why I'm telling you all, don't believe a word that fool says. Okay? Don't believe a word he says. President Trump, for a number of weeks, has persistently pushed an anti-malarial drug he claims could help patients suffering from the ill effects of COVID-19, even though there's no, let me say this again, there is no scientific evidence backing up, backing its purpose for that use. The drug in question, hydroxychloroquine, has been touted by some doctors overseas as being successful in treating symptoms of COVID-19 itself, but other studies have shown minimal evidence of its effectiveness. Trump's own experts, um, uh, expert Im- immunologist uh, on the Coronavirus Task Force has noted these anecdotal findings lack scientific backing and more research is needed. The data are really just best suggestive. Now, that's Dr. Fauci who just said that. There have been cases that show there may be an effect and there have been others that show there's no effect. So I think in terms of science, I don't think we could definitely say it works. Okay? That didn't stop Trump, however. Hours after Fauci's appearance on the program, Meet the Press, for continuing to sing the drug's praises during a press conference on Sunday. What I do, what do I know? I'm not a doctor, said Trump, but I have common sense. The FDA feels good about it, and as you know, they approved it. The FDA has approved hydroxychloroquine for use for those suffering from malaria, as well as for some lupus patients. But the FDA has not confirmed that the drug is effective for the use for the coronavirus. Okay? Now, here's the point. Apparently, Donald Trump's former fixer, Michael Cohen, who is serving a prison sentence after pleading guilty for a number of election-related charges, had, in fact, crafted a contract with a Swiss-based drug company called Novartis, one of the biggest manufacturers of hydroxychloroquine. 
and the world. In exchange for paying coin, listen, $100,000 per month for over a year. Paying that to who? Cohen. Michael Cohen, the guy who is in jail now. Let, okay. me, let me start that sentence again. In exchange for paying Cohen $100,000 per month, not a year, but per month, over a year, so he got close to a half a million dollars, starting in February 2017, let's be clear, the company expected Trump's lawyer to provide them with access to the president's attitudes on health policy, including provisions in the Affordable Care Act that were relevant to them. The payments were officially made to Cohen's shell company, Essential Co Consultants LLC, which collected a number of payments from other companies as well that sought the same privilege. Through the company, Cohen also paid off adult film actress Stormy Daniels with the hush money payments that were made to keep her quiet about the affair she had with Trump years ago. The deal was a bad one for the company. Novartis later admitted they believed Cohen would get them deeper insights on the president's thinking than he delivered. Unfortunately for Novartis, they couldn't back out of the agreement even after deciding following one meeting with Cohen that they didn't need his services after all. They didn't? Why? What happened? What changed? I guess they weren't getting what they thought. Let me, let's see. As the contract, unfortunately, as the contract, unfortunately, could only be terminated for cause, payments continued to be made until the contract expired by its own terms in February 2018. So he wasn't doing none for him, and he was banking 100K. Michael Cohen. And they stopped when? February 2018. A little more of a year ago. But he was already in jail, right? But the payments were still coming. No, he didn't go to jail until late 2018, if I remember correctly. Okay. I thought he went to jail before then. Okay. So the question is, why is Trump pushing this drug that hadn't been approved for COVID-19. Why is he doing that? And the fact that his former lawyer, who was sitting in jail making, making money for the company who makes hydroxychloroquine, I'm telling you folks, this guy will sell his mama out. There is no reason why anyone should be listening to this man. I watch his press conferences because they're, they're, they're comic genius. And they turn into nothing but campaign rallies. That's all it is. And he continually lies. It's to the point now, thank goodness MSNBC is figuring it out. Okay, we're going to run your press conferences. Then we're going to fact check it as soon as it's over. So what they do is when it's over... They bring on their fact checkers. He's lying. This is not true. This is not honest. This is what they're doing now. So y'all go ahead and take this man's word. Y'all ought to be sick of this by now. 
You ought to be sick of someone, a grown man who calls himself the president of the United States. You ought to be sick of him lying to you. You just ought to be, man. This makes no sense whatsoever. Just be honest. I think, I think if you're honest with the American people, then the American people will respect you. But you continue to lie. And when you get someone who lies as this man does, there's nothing you can do to change it. You can't trust a word he says. So y'all keep believing him. Y'all keep saying y'all going to go back to work. Have y'all ever heard of Wall Street prison consultants? No. But is that, are they the ones that deal with uh, the um, private prisons? No. Okay, so educate me. They get guys on Wall Street ready to go to prison. They prepare them for prison. <laughs> I had never heard of them. Yeah, you learn something new every freaking day. How do you prepare someone to go to prison? I don't know, man. I mean, do you do, do you do you put him in a shower and have him to drop the soap? What what what? I don't know. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm just saying. Y'all better pay attention. By the way, on another note, rest in power, Mr. Earl Graves Sr. Yeah, that's what's up. If you all don't know who Earl Graves is or was, you've probably seen his magazine. And if you haven't seen his magazine, then you really are lost. Black Enterprise magazine that graced the, the table of, you know, and you can always remember that that magazine's cover. It was always a black border, thick at the top, slim around the cover, and Black Enterprise written in white, bold letters. This was the black man who really began to try to educate the populace, the black populace, on money and investing. And he's going to be missed. So hats off to him who has lost his life. Now it doesn't say whether or not he passed with the coronavirus, but that's just uh, kind of sad. But I didn't realize, man, he was 80, let me go back to this, he was 80-something years old. Didn't realize that. A lot of people are passing away over these next few days. We need to pay attention to that. All right, let's see here. What else do we have for today? Of course, many people are coming after the Navy, the uh, acting Navy, Secretary of the Navy, for firing the 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 captain of the Roosevelt because he was concerned about his troops dying. So now that he's having to apologize, but you're not going to give him his job back, so why are you going to apologize? Do what now? So the acting, the acting lawmakers demand Trump's acting secretary, uh, Navy secretary, resign or be fired after he trashed an aircraft carrier captain to its crew. You hadn't heard about this? Uh-uh. 
So, Captain Brett Crozier, you, had, you really hadn't seen this? I haven't. So, Captain Brett Crozier last week wrote a letter to uh, the powers that be in the Pentagon. They had, at one point, at the time that he wrote the letter, he had, they had 155 people on this aircraft carrier that had tested positive for COVID-19. How many people? 155. Damn, okay. Okay. Now, you know how many people are on an aircraft carrier, right? Yeah. About 4,000. Okay. So when you do the math, those numbers are shocking. And how many people were tested? Well, he had 155 who had had already tested positive, and many of them were sick. They were sick at the time. The side note to that is that after – he was fired, it came out that he, too, had contracted the virus. The captain of the ship. Okay? So, last week, in a leaked audio, uh, well, when they fired him, I don't know if you saw the video, it was a rousing, when he was walking off the ship, all 4,000 of those sailors, men and women, were chant, you know, you know, you know, screaming his name, Captain Crozier, and clapping and applauding him, and it was really sad. That you could tell they really loved this man, okay? Because the letter that he wrote about the Theodore Roosevelt was that, you know, his 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 troops were dying, and they're not even at war. They should not be dying, and people are ignoring them. So. The acting, uh, the Secretary of the Navy, Thomas Modley, uh, is asked to resign because in a leaked audio after he, he went back to the Roosevelt and just basically trashed Captain Crozier. Right. Now, that's almost like, and the only way I can relate to it is when I was in college, I went through three head coaches. Okay. Coach Goodwin recruited us to SAU. After one year, he moved on to, I want to say, northwest Louisiana. We got another coach, and then we got another coach. Now, what had what would have happened had that coach came in and started trashing the previous coach? Oh, your previous coach wasn't crap. You know, he was this, he was that, he was that. Now, fortunately, that didn't happen. But in this case... The Secretary of the Navy, who was who was acting, he's not the he's not even the official Secretary of the Navy because he cannot go through the the uh, the confirmation process. Okay. Because he would not make it. The many of the people in Donald Trump's administration right now are acting secretaries. They're not official secretaries because they will not pass confirmation. Okay. So he started trashing Captain Crozier. Okay. He called him naive. He called him stupid. And he said this to his troops. You get this right? Yeah. Yeah. You now you were heading busted a grape. And not going to. And not going to. And here are these men and women who believe in their captain. Because man, you gotta believe in your captain when you on them ships. You got to believe that what he's doing, he's taking you in the right direction. 
That's not yeah. that's not some trust that you give up easily. That's true. And you're going to get on the ship and you don't know these people and you're going to start trashing their captain, calling them stupid, naive. Oh man, it was unbelievable. I I believe I can't believe you hadn't seen this. So here's the irony. So he fired Captain Crozier because he said that the letter that he wrote was leaked. Okay? But the speech. It was leaked. Right. So how the media got a hold to this letter that he was complaining that his troops were dying at 155 guys, who uh, men and women who had tested positive, he sent it up the chain. But somehow or another, the letter got leaked, and that's how the public found out about what Captain Crozier was saying. So he goes, Motley, who is the Secretary of the Navy, he goes to the ship after the firing and claims part of the reason that he was fired because the letter was leaked. So this was supposed to be a private conversation with Motley and the sailors. Now, let me tell you something. Let me just read this little piece right here. The 15-minute speech which included profanity, was deeply critical of Crozier, who was accused of betraying the Navy. Okay? Okay. Now, what happened, that was supposed to be a private speech. Guess what happened? It got leaked. Now, if your premise is that you fired Captain Crozier, Right. Because the letter that he wrote concerning the death of his sailors was leaked to the public. That's somebody in your camp. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You see I what I'm saying? That. No, I get that. So your ass ought to be fired too now, right? <laughs> you get that, right? Yeah, but you got to have somebody working. <laughs> but, but, but I'm just saying. Nobody's going to be there. Well, nobody, well he, he's, he's pulling up dregs to work for his administration that's, anyway. That's process of elimination, right? <laughs> just keep firing folks to, to nothing else leaks. Right. So the point is that this has, this has become a mess, you know. And I meant to, you know what, let me do this because I want to be clear on this. Because, see, I really have a problem with people who have not been in the military to start trying to tell people what to do in the military. Right. Okay? I respect you more. The one thing that, although he made a lot of mistakes with the military, you can look at Libya as a classic example of that, Barack Obama often referred to the military deferred to the military when there were military issues, okay? okay? So you could probably say that the buck stops at the president, and I would agree. But? But if you have no military experience, then you depend on your generals, okay? You depend on your generals to give you the right information. So... I'm just saying this is a this is a mess. But y'all keep believing y'all president. Y'all going out there and take you some hydroxychloroquine and let it drive you crazy. Okay? Y'all going to do that. Go ahead and do that. Man, oh, 
one other story before we get out of here. So, you know, one of the reasons that I, a friend of mine wanted to be a pizza delivery person and I discouraged him from doing it because I told him he could possibly end up dead. And I was wondering when this was going to start happening because for a while people would rob these pizza delivery people and if they didn't have money, they would just take the pizza and oftentimes they would end up shooting them. So apparently a grocery delivery driver here in Little Rock was robbed at gunpoint on Monday night, according to the police. Okay. So that's going to be a problem. Because here are these here are these thugs just hanging out now, figuring that, hey, they can call up and order some groceries. And that's what they were doing for those pizza delivery people for a while. They would call up and simply order order a pizza, and when he show up, they would rob him. What? That's what was happening across the country. There was a there was a, uh, a horrific robbery while I lived in Nashville, uh, a block or so from the Tennessee State campus, where the the uh, pizza driver shows up and two guys jump him, beat him up, and then shoots and kills him. This this was happening really bad across the country. Uh, until a lot of people realized they stopped, you know, carrying cash because you used to pay them at the door, you know, back in the day. But you can't anymore. You got to have a credit card. But if I'm delivering groceries, I mean, if I got $100 of groceries I can take from you, that's a, that's a good haul right there, dude. You know what I'm saying? That's a good haul. You show up and you got eggs and bacon and steak and, Everything I need, milk, Captain Crunch, <laughs> Reese's peanut butter crackers, all that stuff. Man, hey, I could rob you of a hundred bucks of groceries. Hey, I'm good. Why are you laughing, Robert? Have you done that? No, I have not. You, I'm, you, I'm, just, I'm just sitting there because I'm just amazed by how intelligent you are. I sit here and most days I sit here in awe of you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> So, you are so humble. Oh, that's okay. I'm no, I know I'm intelligent. Yeah, appreciate uh-huh, you. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. Thanks. But apparently, this has happened. Uh, let's see. It doesn't say what neighborhood it was in. Uh, off of Cantrell Road. So that was up in, up in the Richie White folks neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So you can't say it was the black neighborhoods. <clears throat> the gunman demanded the delivery driver turn off his Find My iPhone. Where have we heard that before? Hmm. Where have we heard that before? Interesting now, isn't it? The gunman ordered the victim to give up his wallet, which the robber threw down because it had no cash. He then demanded the delivery driver to turn off his Find My iPhone app before taking the device and left the area in a green four-door sedan with a damaged driver's side mirror the delivery driver could not provide an exact address where the robbery occurred but officers noted in the report that a neighborhood at the intersection of Cantrell and Ridgeview Drive matched the description given by the victim no suspects were named in the arrest I'm gonna tell you folks if they start robbing grocery store deliveries Y'all can forget about eating. Y'all better tell little Johnny, little redneck Johnny, and little little and little little Pookie, 
Notice I, I gave a black name and a white name, so people won't say I'm trying to stereotype. But you are. It's okay. Y'all better start waking up, man. Just saying. 855-525-5683 is the number. So apparently Fox 16 is starting to censor comments. Is this Fox 16 that I got this article from? No, this is the Democrat Gazette. I'm sorry, Fox 16. Here's, here are the guidelines of posting on the Democrat Gazette. Uh, you, you need to know about this, Robert, because it says, oh, so this is new for the Democrat Gazette. Welcome to our new commenting experience. Are they just now doing this? Probably. What is it? Hell, it's only been available for the last 10 years. God. Where y'all been? Not it's it's, it's kind of like this. The Democrat Gazette, over the, I think within the last six months to a year, has stopped delivering newspapers on Sundays, if I remember correctly. And they're pushing everything to online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had this big campaign about, we're going online. You can get the same great news. Yada, yada. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, well, welcome to America. Damn. Why y'all just not? This just happened a year ago. But, I mean, newspapers have been doing this for, for almost five, six years. Yeah, they've had online for a while. But anyway, it says, welcome to the new commenting experience. Please sign in to give uh, above using your site login credentials to begin sharing your thoughts. Uh, number one, I don't sign into that stuff because I'm not letting you sell my email so you can make more money. Y'all do know that, don't you? Just thought I'd let y'all know. Uh, our comment area is provided to give users an opportunity to express their opinions and share their ideas and information in a civil manner. So please stay on topic. It won't be civil. That you, I can guarantee. Use it won't re- be civil. Uh, use respectful language. That won't happen either. Be courteous. You must not read Arkansas Times blog. <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> don't attack. You want? You don't. You don't. <laughs> okay. And be responsible. Not going to happen. That's what they're asking you to do. Can you do that, Robert Webb? Webby, Webby, Webb. I cannot. And neither will I. Because, when, hey, when I bring it, I bring it. I don't even waste my time debating. You know. You know, It's rather painful. I don't, I don't do that anymore because, you know, how can I solve the turkeys when I, when I talk to e- – uh, solve the eagles when I talk to turkeys? I just – some of these people are not worth my time to, to debate. You know, they'll get on my logs and they'll they'll be trying to goad me into coming and they'll wonder, well, he ain't commented yet. I ain't going to debate with you. Yeah, I get a lot of those. You know, I, I, de- a, I debate with my equals. I get a lot of people who, call, who try to say, that's so stupid for you to be a politician, for you to have been a ran for, politi- ran for office, you say some <laughs> stupid stuff. And I really want to say something to them, but most times me I just too. go. It's not worth it, man. <laughs> Have you read? Damn. You read, read, what, read it. Read it. Now, Robert, I got to admit, I've seen some of your posts where you've actually said, have you read? <laughs> I've seen a couple of those. I have asked. I do. Ask I've you, seen a couple of did those. Did you read the post? You know, so. Because they don't read it. No, they don't. They don't they read. Don't. Or if they read, they don't read with comprehension. So here's what I do when I want to make the point, when they want to try to debate me. I just go and, I go and post my research. An yeah. article for the research, and then I'm done with you. I'm not going to debate you. You know, I do that every day. Y'all can call the show and debate all you want, but I'm not going to b- debate you online. I'm just not going to do it. It's not worth my time. I, I spend eight hours, what, 
what, 10 hours a week on this show debating issues. This is an open forum for all of you all. So if you want to debate me, call the show. But you know why you all, many of y'all don't call the show who wants to debate me? It's because see, you, you, can, you can hide behind that fake moniker that you have online. But when you live on air, you can't hide, bro. You can't hide. But anyway, we got to get out of here. I hope you all enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow we have uh, Coach, I mean, Chief uh, Keith Humphreys on the air. We'll try to get some insight on what it's like being a police officer during a pandemic. And, you know, and it's an interesting conversation because if you watch any of these, these pandemic movies, the poor police. What was? What did I watch? They catching it, man. Um, World War Z. I watched that again. Never watched it before. You really should watch it. It's really good. It's 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 really good. So there's an opening scene in the movie. His daughter, uh, she has I want to say diabetes. Okay. And they everybody's running into the store getting supplies, and it's just chaos. All right, and he runs back to the pharmacy to get the medicine. No, she has uh, asthma, so he's looking for albuterol. Okay. So there's a guy back there with a gun who gives him albuterol. And while he's back there with his daughter, his wife is up in the store getting supplies, and two guys assault her. And he runs up, and ultimately he ends up shooting one of the guys. This police officer runs in. It's really a great scene. And he puts his hands up like he's about to get arrested. The police officer runs right by him, and he starts grabbing supplies himself. <laughs> he grabs what he wants, and he runs out the door. <laughs> so I say that to say that it'll be interesting to see his take on how the police department is dealing with this pandemic. dealing with the pandemic, yeah. That, you that know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. So anyway, we got to get out of here, folks. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Yeah, definitely. Hey, this is my quote. We're out of here. Uh, socialism is a scare word. They have hurled at every advance the people have made in the last 20 years. Socialism is what they call public power. Socialism is what they call Social Security. Socialism is what they called farm price support. Socialism is what they called bank deposit insurance. Socialism is what they called the growth of free and independent labor unions. Socialism is their name for almost anything that helps all the people. That was my man, Harry S. Truman. Mm. President Harry S. Truman. Well, I'm going to quote something about a president, but it's not a quote from the president. This is actually quoted uh, from a website. It says, he said it wasn't real. He said it was contained. He said it would disappear. He blamed Democrats. He overruled scientists. He endangered us all. He is slowly killing us all. He failed. He being Donald Trump. Y'all have a great day.
You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on JoinetRadio.com.